I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, if you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So, it is the month of February 2021, and it is once again time for our Catching Up on Blu-ray episode. Uh, if you're not familiar with the format, a Catching Up on Blu-ray episode is basically where we take a look at the uh, physical media release calendar, um, in this case for February 2021, and uh, just say a little bit about anything that catches our eye. So that would be DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4K discs. And uh, in joining me in this endeavor, I have my good buddy Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing great. Glad to be back and uh, ready to talk about another month of Blu-ray releases. I guess I'll, I'll just throw this out here right now. I hope this is a, a good spot to do it. You know, at the end of the episode, we always talk we say what movies from the month the Blu-rays were actually going to buy. And last month, I kind of had a revelation. I was like, you know, I always say, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy that. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll probably buy that. And then maybe half of them I buy. You know, some of them I don't buy, even if I say I'm going to buy. Well, Trevor, I'm a man of my word. So I last month, I decided when I said I was going to buy Southland Tales on Blu-ray from Arrow, I bought it. So now... From here on out, you might have to hold my feet to the fire. At the end of the episode, when I say I'm going to buy something, I'm going to buy it. So it's going to be real this time. There's no no lying going on anymore. <laughs> so what you're telling me, Brad, is uh, this month, February 2021, you're going to subsist on American cheese and bologna. <laughs> uh, you're barely going to make rent, and you're going to come home with... Uh, God knows how many Blu-ray discs is this? Is this is this right? <laughs> you may need to keep me in check a little bit. If I'm if I'm you know my eyes are bigger than my stomach, you might need to say, hey, are you actually going to buy those? And then I'll be like, well, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe I'll take a couple of these off the menu. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to take a screen capture of you if I see your eyes bugging out too much, like yeah. <laughs> perusing the the Blu-ray catalog here. Where it's like, Brad, Brad, <laughs> remember you got to make rent this month, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like too late it's already in the amazon cart it's already i hit the i hit the one click purchase button for the whole month <laughs> it's that all would, coming to me that would be good live shopping during the episode maybe that yeah that that would be the true test like you know <laughs> don't even question just you know i'm gonna buy that boom 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 <laughs> It's like, hang on, Brad, did you seriously buy 50 Blu-rays of Ladybugs from 1992 starring Rodney Dangerfield? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, baby, one for everyone in the extended family. <laughs> Everybody's getting one for Christmas over the next 12 years or whatever. <laughs> well, that's a good thing, though, Brad. Like, I, I try to adhere to my word as well, and in fact, um, doing so... Uh, kind of bit me in the ass this month and we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it um being okay. as we're recording this pretty much at the end of the month um but that being said uh folks at home if you would like to follow along uh play the home version uh you can navigate to the website blu-ray.com and just head to the release date calendar uh for february 2021 and uh Again, if you're not aware, generally physical media releases, so that would be DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4K discs, uh, are generally put out on the Tuesday of each calendar week. Um, so, right off the bat, it looks like our first release date is uh, February 2nd, and uh, we have a, a handful of pretty interesting releases. Uh, so we're off to a solid start for February. Uh, the first one, of course, uh, that jumps out at me is Small Soldiers from 1998, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brad. Is this debuting in HD? 
Uh, boy, I, it, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say if it's totally debuting in North America for the first time. But if it had been out previously, that release is out of print. So it, it is significant in that regard. Um, I will say, word of warning. Uh, Small Soldiers, Blu-ray.com did give it a picture quality review, 4 out of 5, which, you know, pretty solid. But you go a little deeper, you go beneath the surface on Blu-ray.com, go into the forums, Small Soldiers Forum, and uh, there's some screen caps in there that are very troubling. They do not look good. Um, so I've heard some people say picture quality is not great on this one. Um, there is a European Blu-ray release and I've seen some comparisons of the screen caps of that release, and I will say that one looks way better. But I mean, this is a film. I, I like the movie, but I'm definitely I'm not going to import for small soldiers. Um, but yeah, just a word of warning: <laughs> if you're a real picture quality snob, yeah, you might want to wait. Uh, you might want to wait on this one. Um, you don't have to answer this immediately, Brad. Maybe we can come back to it later. But can you think of like a not so great movie that you would like import? if there was maybe a, a better release of, or like a novelty release of some sort from overseas, like I said, you don't have to answer now if you want to come back. To I mean, you know, it's, it's less the quality of the movie. It's more the, I guess the prestige of the, uh, release. Like, um, like, let's just say, you know, the, the Dawn of the Dead 4k, which uh, you have to import. Now Dawn of the Dead is an amazing movie. hundred percent. It's one of my, you know, I think I had it in my top 100 list. So that's not a good example, but let's say like Small Soldiers had a release of that level of quality. Now I would maybe import that just because it's such an amazing release. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it really depends on the release, honestly, more than the the quality of the movie. I would say. Okay, that that's a very level-headed answer to that, Brad. Good for you. Um, I unfortunately own a handful of import discs uh, for really silly reasons, uh, so I I did pay. Uh, not out the nose, but more than you would <clears throat> for like a domestic disc. Um, but I have a Australian uh, Blu-ray for the Punisher, uh, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that is that there was there was a like fabled uh, even even R even more R cut, so rated R <laughs> <laughs> cut of the Punisher. Uh, that has some like work put print footage of some additional scenes of violence. Um, all of which are really, really obvious where they stick out like a sore thumb. It's kind of like the Criterion release of RoboCop where um, when when they originally put that out, the X-rated shots, um, so that would be when Alex Murphy gets shot in the head and they use the animatronic, um, when he's like walking around like in between them shooting him and when uh, Ed 209 double fucks that dude on the table. <laughs> uh, all of those shots, at least if memory serves like the image quality is diminished from the theatrical cuts uh so you can tell it's like oh they inserted these shots Mm -hmm. Um, this happens a lot where it's like it's not meant to be in the finished film but these days actually for robocop anyway those those shots have wormed their way into like the standard release for that movie man i paid top dollar for those extra couple seconds of footage back in the day (laughs) i feel like such an idiot (laughs) but um the other one i have is also equally embarrassing to the rated r cut of punisher um and that would be uh the guyver um have you heard of this movie brad i don't Uh, think so. you've definitely seen the cover art you've definitely seen the cover because it's the one that everybody remembers because mark hamill's name is big as life and twice as ugly on the front cover of the movie um and the way they have him framed on the poster 
the Giver character, which is this like cyborg armor thing. Um, it's his face split down the middle, kind of like that shot of him in Return of the Jedi when one half of his face is in shadow and one is in light. It's like that, where half is the alien face and half is Mark Hamill's face. Mark Hamill does not play the Giver in this movie. He he <laughs> never wears that armor. Like he's yeah. a different character. He's a side character. He's barely in the movie. So it's like it's it's a really nasty marketing technique. But anyway, it's based on a manga that I. It's one of the first manga I was ever exposed to, and it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but much like the Punisher. Um, the German Blu-ray is basically the only way to get the rated R cut of the Giver, which includes like a couple of additional shots of violence that I remember seeing on like a VHS tape, like a bootleg or something, when I was a kid. But for some reason, got all those shots got excised from the standard release of the film. So, German Giver, Australian Punisher. It sounds like a MCU alternate universe story waiting to happen. Wolsey <laughs> <laughs> Punisher, <laughs> the Punisher. <laughs> yeah. Those um are those uh, region locked to non-region A. Um, those Blu-rays you bought there. Uh, actually, both of those I think are multi-region. Okay. Like I, as far as I know, both of those regions are not typically A. Um, but in this case, both of those discs they work fine. Um, in my region A player. Yeah, because uh, I don't have a region free player, so uh, I haven't done much importing. But we just, uh, you know, just acknowledge that the fact that 4K is region free, like, just uh, that's just great. Just revolutionary now that you don't need to worry about that. Because that was a fear of importing for me, even if something was like, you'd read it online, oh, it's, you know, it's region A, it's fine. And you'd be like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I'd hate to have it come and not work. <laughs> Yeah, actually, the the transition from DVD to Blu-ray, um, even before 4K was, you know, all region, um, just the transition from DVD to Blu-ray was huge for me, um, because region region two and other region DVDs were always a nightmare um, to get running on a player, which I no longer have, unfortunately. Um, but Blu-ray, uh, fortunately for me, um, most of the import discs from like like China and Japan and Korea. Uh, that I tend to buy are region A anyway, so I lucked out. Um, but as far as I know, like Germany is typically region B. But yeah, 4K, thankfully we finally got there. Everything's unlocked and we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Um, now we just have to worry about how long that format's going to last because, <laughs> because we're, you know, we already have like 8K TVs in their infancy and uh, physical media in general is questionable how how long is it going to stick around so fingers crossed (laughs) well let me tell you if you go into the uh um home video boutique group on facebook i think that's the name of the the group i mean you it will be like streaming is not even a thing like it is like physical media is king in that group baby there's guys posting pictures shirtless uh rubbing their blu-rays on themselves it's 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 insane (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not, I'm not even exaggerating. There's a guy there who, every time he buys a new Blu-ray, he takes a shirtless pic of him holding it up. It's 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 wacky, man. Wow, that's some hardcore shit. I'm picturing some uh, bikinis made of uh, discs and dental floss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're about I'm right. Glad, I'm about glad right. there's some enthusiasts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad there's some enthusiasts keeping it all alive. Though, yeah, but. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about Small Soldiers other than uh, I remember it being kind of fun. Uh, It's directed by Joe Dante, who is a very competent director. He's given us some great shit. Um, 
oddly enough, involving small things <laughs> attacking people. But um, yeah, I mean, like the the Barbie sequence is great. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, we Kyle and I were just talking about him or this movie. In fact, uh, just the other day, uh, Kevin Dunn uh, is a treasure. He's he's the greatest angry dad that has ever been angry on film. I, I I love that scene in Transformers Two when he's yelling at Shia LaBeouf like I can't let you go, son. And it's like <laughs> it's like the most overwrought fucking melodramatic sequence ever. But it only it only works because it's Kevin Dunn and it's like him emoting. It's like he doesn't do this normally. He's like yelling at his kid and like kicking them out of the house for being a brat or something. But mm-hmm. um, him and Phil Hartman, Phil Hartman, it was so sad that he he went when he did. But this movie, thankfully, he. Gave us a few few more minutes of glory with Phil Hartman, but yeah, I remember enjoying it, and I I remember um, thinking that when the first Michael Bay Transformers movie came out, I was like, shit, this this is just small soldiers, but with big soldiers. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like the plot's bit. really similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'd like to revisit. It. I don't think I would buy it on Blu-ray, especially with what you're saying about the the image quality. But hey, I mean, it's from 1998. It's a very CGI heavy movie. Maybe the image quality helps it a little bit. Could be. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, in all fairness, uh, the Blu-ray is pretty cheap already. At, at one point it dropped down to twelve Um, so it's not a, it's just Paramount putting it out. It's not some boutique label or anything like that. Okay, well, I bought something else this month that was twelve ninety nine, so maybe I should have uh, swapped that out. Um, <laughs> but like I said, we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, but beside that, we have our first uh, 4K release for the month, and that would be Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, um, which, am I wrong, Brad? Did this get a Criterion release not too long ago? Yeah, I, I own the Criterion edition. Um, it looks great on that, and I've, I've heard, I haven't gone into the forums. I didn't dive deep on this one, but... The Blu-ray.com uh, review of this, I believe, gave it a 5 out of 5 picture quality. So I believe the 4K looks pretty stunning. Um, don't know if I'll be double-dipping getting the 4K since I already have the Criterion. Because um, the Criterion set is pretty awesome as it is. But, uh, yeah, if you don't already own it and you, you don't want to pay Criterion prices, this is, I mean, this is probably cheaper than the Criterion. I would, well, eh, 30 bucks. So I guess it's Ooh, r- right around the same as a, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess if you're a true, uh, Spike Lee head, you got to buy both, but, uh, I'll probably just stick with the one. Yeah. Do the right thing. Double dip. <laughs> um, yeah, this, uh, this seems to be a trend, like not, not like a big trend, but, uh, I seem to remember a similar situation with Parasite not too long ago where the 4k came out and then, uh, people caught wind that the criterion was coming out and it's like, oh, well, which one am I going to get? Like the the 4K disc or the one with all the, you know, G whiz whiz bang factor of all the Criterion extras and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would probably defer to the Criterion cut. And yeah. a five out of five for image quality that that's not nothing. But uh, for a movie that's in the Criterion collection, I know the Criterion will will have benefits to it. And I'm one of those people that does like to explore the supplements. Um, so that would be my pick, but either way, I need to see this movie, uh, cause mm. I remember my brother telling me about when I was pretty young. Um, and of course it's one of Spike Lee's really, really big ones. And, uh, yeah, this, this is, this is some housekeeping that I need to do. I'm probably not going to buy it, but it's, it's on my list. It has been for quite a while. Yeah, it was a, it was a blind spot for me. I did watch it this past, uh, past, yeah, I guess it was in the summer, maybe the fall sometime this past year. And uh, it lived up to the hype. It, it is very, very good. 
Okay, well, Danny Aiello doesn't sing in it, does he? I t- he yells a lot. I don't think he sings. Okay, well, he's good for that. Like he's he's good at that. But I I'll never forget Hudson Hawk. Uh, oh my God, him and him and Bruce Willis uh, doing like crooner duets while doing like a heist. That movie is shit. <laughs> like, no, that's a blind spot. It, for it me. really is bad. <laughs> um, I I watched. I picked it up at a at a used media store um in the university district over here in seattle uh for like two dollars um and i just bought it on a whim because i like i said i i have masochistic viewing habits sometimes i was like you know i've heard this movie is complete crap i think i should see it <laughs> two dollars why not i mean it, it's the same motivation for me buying bone sickness funny enough from the same store probably the same day <laughs> but yeah hudson hawk is shit and i'm glad to hear that danny aiello yells rather than sings and do the right thing but, mm-hmm. um yeah. beside that we have a blu-ray that i ooh, i might actually get this um mouse hunt from 1997 i, I don't know if it's debuting uh on blu-ray uh, but i have a very soft spot for this movie um i don't know what it is about it i think it's it's Gore Verbinski, man. Like he makes the he makes the most beautiful films. Like his shots, the the again to quote Joss Whedon, the texture of his films is so lovely. It has that worn in feel to it, where everything looks a little bit like uh, soggy. <laughs> like everything looks a little mildewy. Like uh, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. like uh, the pirates films in particular. Like the costuming and the attention to detail and the set design is mostly what keeps me at all interested in those films like plot could not give two shits but just to look at those films even to this day they do look really fucking good and a cure for wellness um i've been trying to get that on catching up on cinema for quite some time i'd like kyle to see that i'm curious what he'd have to say about because i think it's 85 percent of a great film and then it gets towards its final act and it's like, what the, the fuck are we doing <laughs> come on man <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but from an audiovisual perspective, holy shit, um, he he really does make amazing films. Uh, just just like from a lights with sound perspective, and Mouse Hunt is really 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 early in his filmography, and it's funny because it, it's one of those movies that sometimes I think people forget he made. And if you go back to it though, it's like yeah, that totally is the same guy. And uh, Nathan Lane's wonderful in it, and the the house itself is a character. All the miniature effects and stuff are great. The CGI is spotty at times, but good when it needs to be. And the music, holy shit, the music is addictive. Like it gets it, it's like a virus in your head. It just it won't go away. And in fact, I have it playing in my head right fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I haven't seen this in years upon years. I mean, I was probably a kid. Probably when this came out would have been when I last saw it. So I don't remember much. I remember liking it when I was a kid, you know, they, they fall down a lot or whatever. But, uh, so I, I was actually looking at, (laughs) I was looking at the screen caps for this and in my head, you know, Oh, it's like a goofy comedy. It's Gore Verbinski though. It's good. But looking at the screen caps, like you're, you're not kidding. Like I was like, wow, this film looks way better. Like not, not just in terms of like the Blu-ray transfer, like just like visually the film looks gorgeous. Like for a, a movie called mouse hunt, you would not expect it to look that good. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I really need to revisit this one. I, I think it was his debut film. Um, I need to revisit that, and I've never seen The Mexican, uh, which I guess he directed, which I haven't heard too many good things about, but um, 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm a gore hound, so I probably will need to check it out. Yeah, I'm glad you and I can relate in that because uh, I think people shit all over those pirates films without taking a look at like some of their stronger points. And I, I do think he is a capable director. I think I think he does have some liabilities when it comes to like storytelling ability. Like he does have some flaws here and there, but holy shit, the images he puts on screen are really, really, really compelling, um, and oftentimes very digestible as well. That's that's another talent he has is that he's not some weird avant-garde guy. He seemed like Mouse Hunt is basically a Tom and Jerry cartoon, mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> like a really, really high class Tom and Jerry cartoon with like uh, really high production values and whatnot, but. Um, I, I would be eager to revisit this one because I have very fond memories of it. Um, Christopher Walken's fantastic in it. Uh, <laughs> he, he eats a rat turd. <laughs> and he probably went method and actually did it. <laughs> what a guy. I, that one shot that one shot of them uh, shooting the, the bug bomb and then like the CGI crater opening up under their feet. For some reason, that always cracked me up. Because <laughs> it's just like, they just pull the trigger on this antiquated shotgun, and all of a sudden, like all the, the sound in the room gets sucked out, and it's like, it's <laughs> like a nuclear explosion. Yeah. It's like, whoa, where did that come from? But um, your your quote should be uh, a, no, not in the, not the back of the box, the front of the box, pull quote. Just like, you know, people fall down. <laughs> you know, they yeah. fall down. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, yep, basically. <laughs> it's, it's accurate. I mean, it was 1997, and yet somehow I think part of, like, the production staff were probably still thinking of Home Alone and the money that could be made from that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's like you're a few years late to the party, but I, I get what you're trying to do. <laughs> but um, moving right along, we have a movie that uh, is apparently critically acclaimed. Um, it doesn't really look up my alley, um, but it has that like a uh, modern Western, like neo Western vibe to it. Uh, Let Him Go from 2020, which stars the fucking Kent family, <laughs> <laughs> Ma and Pa Kent. <laughs> so be Diane Lane and Kevin Costner in Let Him Go, which is directed by whom? Uh, Thomas Bazooka. <laughs> so close to Bazooka. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Meet me halfway. Uh, who has done exactly nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've heard very good things about this film. Um, I It didn't really appeal to me. Like Nothing about the marketing jumped out at me, but for some reason it seemed like everybody liked it. Uh, have you heard much about this one, Brad? Uh, yeah, mostly just what you've said. Um, I've heard it's pretty good, and I, I do want to check it out. I remember this was like when things were when theaters were first opening up again or i you know so so long ago there's been so many but i think this was like in like september or something and i was kind of like i kind of actually do want to go see that and i think then then it came to vod and it was like a 1999 rental and like hmm i do actually want to see that but mm, i'm gonna wait and now it's like a a 5.99 rental and i'm like hmm I do want to see that, but I'm going to wait for a 99 cent rental. So <laughs> I do want to see it, but I keep putting it off. Yeah, I, I think you and I are on the same page with that one then. <laughs> I was just curious if you had more. Um, but yeah, it sounds like eh, it's probably good. Not in a hurry, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll get there when I get there. Um, but beside that, we have a 
curious release, a Paramount Pictures disc of Ladybugs from 1992, starring Rodney Dangerfield. Um, and that one, oh, Jonathan Brandis, who unfortunately passed away at a very early age. Uh, that would be uh, the kid from Sidekicks and the TV version of It. Uh, really, really a high-profile child actor from the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. This um, The reason I say this is a curious release is... Uh, for many reasons uh, one <laughs> rodney dangerfield movie from 1992 about a child soccer team i don't know why anyone would be in a hurry to put this out on physical media now um and also the the plot line i actually haven't seen it myself but a friend of mine really really liked it so he would send me like gifts from it and stuff and he and i both like rodney dangerfield the, the plot of it is about like um rodney becomes the coach of a like a girls soccer team and he gets like a boy onto the team wearing a wig uh so it's it's i don't know how this would play to a contemporary audience that's what i'm getting at (laughs) just spit it out trevor (laughs) i I, I could see where this could uh you know i I don't even know (laughs) paramount you might want to rethink your release schedule there (laughs) get no respect this this, this, uh, movie would probably be considered controversial in some way if it came out today that's that's what i'm getting at brad is like it's did you did you read the back of the box description for the movie you're putting out onto the shelf <laughs> like paramount what you, okay but anyway um beside that we have a shutter release so uh, inevitably uh, brad as far as i'm aware has a shutter account or at least did um, do you still have one still have it I, it just renewed uh before i could cancel it so i got it for at least another month son of bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah that ha- don't tell anyone brad but that happened to kyle too <laughs> <laughs> didn't he say it wasn't his for like a whole year or something though <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> he's making the most of it yeah, yeah no regrets yeah. <laughs> but um because it's a shutter film this is a uh, host not the host just host from 2020 and it has big as life and twice as ugly and in quote fashion on the cover the scariest film of the past decade um brad have you have you watched this host film yep i i did see it uh i would not agree with that quote um i did like the movie though it is one of these uh skype zoom horror movies like unfriended um and i i actually do like those uh kind of films quite a bit um what the possibly the best and worst thing about this movie is the runtime it's like 55 minutes super short and sweet and to the point um and i do believe it was all entirely filmed like during covid like in lockdown where all the actors were all just recording their stuff uh, on their end, in their own apartments. So really cool movie in that regard. Um, outside of that, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a fun little, very jump-scare-heavy horror movie. Um, I probably, even if I didn't have Shudder, I probably wouldn't pick it up just because, you know, it's short, and I don't, know, I don't know when I would revisit it, although I've probably watched Unfriended like four times now. But um, it's, it is, <laughs> it's worth checking out. Yeah, that that deserves an eye flutter uh, <laughs> at, at the mention of how many times you watched Unfriended. Although I can't judge, I haven't seen it. But um, yeah, I th- I think I follow some of the actors from this movie on the Twitter. Um, mm. Sorry, mm-hmm. folks on Twitter, probably not going to watch your movie. But um, <laughs> and also sorry, your film is not regarded as the scariest film of the past decade, at least by Brad of the Cinema Speak podcast. You can quote him on that. 
I'm putting words in his mouth. I'm sorry. Maybe um, scariest but... of 2020. Maybe scariest of 2020. I can't think of what else came out. No, actually, probably not even that. So maybe scariest movie of the month that came out. I'll give it that. I'll give it that. Okay. Fair enough. And, uh, beside that, we have a Vinegar Syndrome release of Silent Madness in 3D from 1984. Uh, do you know anything about this one, Brad? Or is it just uh, a Vinegar Syndrome? So it catches your eye just for that purpose yeah just a vinegar syndrome release that's about all i know of it um and yeah i I haven't heard too much so not at the top of my vinegar syndrome pile um but you know the vinegar syndrome they always put out amazing uh releases so i'm sure i'm sure it's very well done not the movie the release (laughs) (laughs) gotta clarify that true (laughs) true words could not be spoken um we also have The Last Blockbuster, which I presume is a documentary about the world's last um, blockbuster physical location. So that would be somewhere in Oregon, if memory serves. Um, I would watch this just for nostalgia and whatnot. This movie um, would make me cry. sad, but at the same It time. would make me cry, I guarantee Yeah, you. I was about to say. <laughs> like, I'd get Probably all weepy, so bad, but, but I'd it, cry. Yeah, it, the, the cover doesn't inspire confidence, but the subject matter is enough to you know maybe get me to take a look at not yeah. buy it but watch it or something but um, we also have tesla starring one of the hardest working actors uh ethan hawk this guy just will never sit the fuck down um, <laughs> mostly does good work though so good for him uh, uh we also have dark intruder from 1965 i love that man's eyebrows um, both the evil looking version and the slightly less evil looking version <laughs> on the cover um we have yours mine and ours from 2005 you can keep it um we have the great alligator from 1979 uh, i love me a good uh eat em up as you call it a good yep. animal attack thriller i'm a little curious um, about this one it's also like uh one of the sorts somewhat like italian i don't know if it gets into cannibals but like an italian sleazy going into the jungle sort of uh film so i'm a little curious about this one i gotta say i don't know if it's any good but just based on the premise i could be wrong but they may have covered this on red letter media um and if memory serves it involved uh, a lot of miniature alligators so like like imagine like a rubber alligator toy you throw into the bathtub with a child nice Um, those kind of effects Um, (laughs) and you know i will show up for that i won't pay full price for it but if it's on like the sci-fi channel at 3 a.m fuck yes i'm i'm down yeah oh yeah um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we have the kiss before the mirror 1933 uh voyage into space uh from scorpion releasing uh they're a boutique distributor that pops up every once in a while they put out some interesting things inc- including that uh tintorera the uh was it borderline porn shark thriller <laughs> no, <laughs> that's right yeah i think it was last <laughs> month um voyage into space it's like a uh, it's based on was it the TV show Johnny Soko and his flying robot? I think um, it's originally a Japanese property, as far as I remember. Um, you can kind of piece it together based on like the cover. There's quite a few rubber monsters in this, but um, not anything that I would go out of my way to watch. But uh, I do know it has fans out there. Um, we have Horror Noir, a history of black horror, uh, which is from 2019. So this must just be like a reprinting of a shutter original i'd imagine because i've seen i've definitely seen this floating around for a while yeah yeah um and i'm gonna kick the ball to you brad like what what jumps out at you for the rest of this week anything uh not too much for this week um i mean i guess gotta mention let me get my facts straight here uh 
this uh, movie that looks like a Rob Reiner clone. Um, what is the name of it? Hang on. Love Love Weddings and Other Disasters. Just got to mention it because it is uh, featuring uh, Diane Keaton and is that Jeremy Irons there? And uh, directed by Dennis Duggan, Dennis Dugan, who, I mean, famed director of Grown Ups, Big Daddy, Happy Gilmore. You know, always got to give him a little plug. <laughs> Uh, do we? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe for the Happy Gilmoreism, but uh, maybe less so for the growing upism. Well, well, we. I was about to say, but no, he he did give us some good stuff. But this is a Lionsgate disc. Uh, <laughs> all, but there are no guns on the cover. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I never would have guessed based on the cover. I mean, usually I can smell a Lionsgate a mile away, but uh, this looks like a Lifetime film or something that was produced and then they tried to shop it to the lifetime network but they said no so they ended up just putting it out on the shelf and hope for the best mm-hmm. um but interesting uh, pedigree for all for all involved though it's like huh <laughs> this is a curious collision of talent <laughs> yeah just blame um, it on covid i mean it would have been a big hit otherwise i'm sure it was the dugan's comeback <laughs> <laughs> and uh diane keaton's another one of those actors that's like fairly consistently working like you'd be surprised (laughs) oh yeah but Mm -hmm. um last thing i'll point out for this week i guess um sky sharks really wants me to talk about sorry not gonna do it oh wait i already (laughs) did um is a this elise from 2020 um it looks like anthony hopkins and it has one of those like non-sony licensed blu-ray covered um artists on it like like the blu-ray font is wrong so you know somebody didn't pay a licensing fee or something (laughs) um i don't know what that is but it's anthony hopkins in 2020 and i seem to recall him making a movie about like dementia fairly recently that was like actually really 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 good and it kind of flew in from under the radar but i have no clue what this is yeah i don't think i think you're are you thinking of the father is that what the title of the one you're thinking of? Maybe? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. That's been getting some Oscar buzz and stuff for the performances. Um, I don't know what the hell this is, but it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, anytime you see this particular font for the Blu-ray uh, art, you can tell something is drastically wrong. Like something is <laughs> amiss with this product. <laughs> yeah. But um, let's bounce on down to the next calendar week then. And uh, right out the gate, we have uh, Freaky from 2020 and this would be on february 9th um did you review this one for the center to speak i can't quite recall yeah we we did not it was another one of those where it was in theaters and then it was a 1999 rental and now it's a 5.99 rental and i still haven't watched it (laughs) i do want to see it though I, i do think it looks like a lot of fun um I think originally it was uh, supposed to be titled Freaky Friday the 13th, but I actually, I just like, I think Freaky's a better title. I gotta be honest. But uh, I think I think it looks like a fun time. Yeah, I would totally watch this. I mean, it's uh, it, it's like a Freaky Friday meets a slasher movie, and I, I like Vince Vaughn. I like that he's slightly branching out these days. Like I, I I've really been liking what he's been doing, so I gotta be honest. Like, the one, uh, what was it, Dragged Across Concrete, um... And brawl in cell block ninety nine. Like I, I've I've been loving Vince Vaughn's. Now that he can't, he hasn't been doing comedy as much. Even though this is a comedic movie, but um, I like that he's you know doing some different stuff. I think somebody got wise to the fact that he is atypically massive 
for uh for hollywood actors <laughs> like he's a physically large guy mm-hmm. um so things like brawl and cell block 99 like he doesn't actually look out of place p- playing a physically imposing character it's just nobody ever asked him to do that um and people also forget that like back in the 90s and stuff he did have a stretch there where he was like hot stuff like he he was an actor and then something went awry and he was like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna be the i'm just gonna be me in a bunch of like owen slash luke wilson movies for a decent stretch of time uh until the gas runs out on that and then it's like hmm, what do i do now it's like hey you want to do some ultra violent fucking thrillers <laughs> it's like sure it's <laughs> like <laughs> so you want to do a world war ii movie it's like sure <laughs> it's like hey you want to do a body swap uh slasher like teen slasher movie sure <laughs> i guess he just decided to start saying yes to different people and yeah i i've liked his his most recent output so i would totally watch this um mm-hmm. i hope it's i hope it's gory like i i hope it's not tame because that would that would really upset me actually like man <laughs> yeah I, I do i think it's rated r but i don't know how uh gory it is I, at least i hope it's rated r oh good i might never watch it if it's not no, yeah, I, it is. I'm okay. I'm almost yeah. It, it's rated R for sure. It's just the marketing really leaned into the funny rather than the horror. Like mm-hmm. it was marketed explicitly as a fun movie, like filled with zingers and one-liners and lots of sight gags and stuff. It's like personally, I'm not here for that. I I'm here for the novelty of you know of exactly what the cover is telling me it's supposed to be. So we'll we'll see. I'll probably end up watching it, but I'm not about to pay full price for it. But um, beside that, we have uh, Elysium on 4K, which uh, I think is debuting on 4K. Is that right? I think so. I believe so. So this is Neil Blomkamp's uh, film from 2013 with Matt Damon. Uh, this movie's not that great, uh, but much like Gore Verbinski, uh, Neil Blomkamp, his movies have a look and a feel to them that is really fucking awesome. Like I actually own a Blu-ray of this movie, and I I kind of like kick myself over it because I really don't like the movie very much. I don't think the story is very compelling. It basically doesn't have any characters, um, but just the gadgets and like the props and stuff, the world that that they show on the screen is so fucking cool. <laughs> but nothing they do with it is particularly compelling. But just from a visual standpoint, the concept team, like the concept artists. Uh, they they get all the applause in the world. Neil Blomkamp as a director, not so sure. But um, I think as time goes on, uh, he's going to become more and more of an important director. If he can fucking get a gig. Guy, right, the guy drops more gigs. Than, yeah, he drops so many gigs. Like, he was supposed to do Alien. He's, he's supposed to do Robocop. He was supposed to do a Halo movie at the very beginning of his fucking career. That still hasn't happened. But um, his 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 wheelhouse involves like transhumanism and stuff and now that like last time i talked to you brad we were talking about uh, the simulation theory and stuff <laughs> now that that shit is like no joke starting to like leak into the mainstream <laughs> um i think directors like him that are you know really into exploring concepts like that are probably going to be the people telling some of the stories that people are asking for especially as you know, thanks to COVID and whatnot, we live a more and more online experience that may as well be, you know, some form of putting your consciousness into a box or something. But 
Um, not advocating, <laughs> not advocating a simulation theory at all. <laughs> but I'm just saying the man has a theme that he likes to explore in literally every movie he has made to date. Um, and I'm curious to see where he goes with it. Uh, hopefully, that uh, was it. What's the name of the South African band that were were in Chappie? Like oh, Antwerp or something? Yeah, Die Antwerp or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully less of them next time out <laughs> because that was a very curious choice to, to basically make an ex- make a film as an excuse to hang out with a band that you like <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> there was a lot of curious choices in that movie I, I can say that for Chappie <laughs> yeah Ch- Chippy is, is a, I don't think anyone's favorite in his filmography but um, Elysium yeah not great looks great though um, we have a Criterion release of The Parallax View from 1974, which is a uh, Warren Beatty film that I know my dad liked. Um, it's very much a dad film. Uh, it's one that I haven't seen, but it's in the Criterion collection, so as we like to see here at Catching Up on Cinema, it's probably worth your time. Um, and then we have a movie that I, I was actually curious to see if it was going to find its way into your 2020 discussions. Um, we have Greenland, starring Gerard Butler from 2020. Um, have you have you seen this one yet, Brad? Nope. This is, uh, like Freaky, this is another one that's right at the top of my list. Um, I don't know if we'll be doing a main review on it at all, but uh, I, I definitely want to check it out. And it, it sounds interesting. Um, it, from what I've heard, it's not like a disaster movie in regards to like tons of destruction it's a lot of uh you know i guess negotiating who gets to live and who doesn't in the wake of uh essentially the earth ending um so it sounds interesting uh i'm curious to check it out and uh you know i like that uh, again gerard butler seems like he's kind of gotten into his zone where he realizes that he's not going to be the the leading man in like a, a you know, lack of a better word, triple A blockbuster. Uh, so he's doing these kind of, you know, these little bit smaller films, but he's still uh, an action star. And I, I like that. It seems like he's he's accepted that zone. He doesn't feel like he needs to do any romantic comedies anymore. Yeah, me too. Uh, Gerard Butler, Gerard Butler. Uh, he he's always impressed me with like his his brazenness when it comes to his selection of roles. Whereas <laughs> it's like some of the stuff he he does, it's like. You know, I I think you are very comfortable with who you are because not not everybody would say yes to this. Like that Hunter Killer movie that was just a total fart in the wind. I was like, really? <laughs> like you said yes to that? It's like, eh, why not? Looked fun. <laughs> it's like it's an excuse to talk on the phone with Gary Oldman because nothing about the marketing suggested the two of them were ever in the same room together for that film. <laughs> but um, and then all of those all of those uh, American Mike movies as a, a certain podcast that I, I listened to refers to the character. Um, was it the something, something has fallen uh, series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, like what, what do we call that? The has fallen series? Or as I said, the has something, something has fallen. <laughs> I guess. Or Gerard Butler has fallen down series. <laughs> um, those movies are aggressively stupid, but they're, kind of fun and yeah uh, surprisingly enough though yeah i did hear that this was a more uh, emotional 
um, more grounded, more dramatic uh, disaster thriller than than your standard like Roland Emmerich disaster film from like the 90s or something. Uh, again, that was probably budget related. They probably didn't have the money to blow up the earth. Um, but <laughs> apparently the drama is solid. Um, and I would very much like to see it because all of those 90s disaster movies um, that I just mentioned, uh, I was raised on that shit. And I do have a soft spot for it. Um, so even if I get like a sliver of that flavor back, I'll, I'll be happy. But, um, moving on, um, we have one of your, uh, is this a Paramount select or whatever the Elizabeth town? Yeah. Paramount, uh, presents, I think is what it's called that, gotcha. uh, Elizabeth town along with, um, oh shoot. What was the other one there? Um, love, love story. story. Yep. Yep. So you know, I, I I said I'm not uh, buying all of these, and I still haven't. I've only bought, in, I think I bought, uh, is it? Did I buy more than I? Th- I bought Fatal Attraction. That might have been the only one I bought. But um, what about the I will say the ma- main reason I didn't buy any more is because uh, the to to catch a thief, the uh, Blu-ray of that, ooh, horrible, horrible job on that release they did, from what I've heard. So bad, people were hoping for re- replacement discs. That's how bad it was. Um. So I didn't get it because of that, and I said, well, if I'm not going to buy one, then I'm not going to worry about buying the rest of them. But I will say that Home Video Boutique uh, group on Facebook, there was one guy who had bought them all, and he put up a picture of it, and it did look pretty nice. It did look pretty nice I got because the spines are numbered. Oh, mm, they got you with good. the numbered spines, Red. <laughs> but I'm already in on the Vestron numbered spines. I don't know if I want to go for another. I don't, and the, they're putting these out at at a rate that I don't know if I can keep up with. Yeah, I mean, this is more than more than one in a week, and you mm-hmm. know they have quite. They are a film studio, Brad. They have been around for a hundred plus years. That they, they can jam these down your throat all day long and uh, that's not a, that's not a battle you'll win so maybe yeah it's best to stick with Vestron but um, did you end up getting the uh, what was it uh, Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck which one was that uh, it was, like that a, it was debuting on Blu-ray I think is that Roman Holiday yeah was that a was that a Paramount present that was uh, I might have said I was going to buy it I didn't um, so <laughs> Go, go back and if I said I was gonna buy it, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it tonight. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hold you to that, Brad. Turning um, over a new leaf. But bopping right along. Bopping right along. We have a uh, tourist trap from 1979, put out by Full Moon Features. Uh, it's uncut, by the way. Mm. Um, and we have Sputnik from 2020, which is a Russian sci-fi horror film uh, that uh, Kyle can confirm is not very good. Uh, so uh it was on my radar it is no longer um but moving right along uh what do you got brad anything jumping out of you <laughs> like most of the most of the releases this week are like re-releases of older films yeah i mean you've got um beach babes from beyond um which i don't know much about besides the title and the, the cover but that's also from full moon features um yeah, a lot of stuff that I'm not too sure of what it is, I guess, um, other than a few re-releases. Uh, the Little Prince, I don't has that been out before? That was a, um, a Netflix uh, animated film that got some buzz at the time. Um, I don't know if that's been out, but uh, I have Netflix and I haven't watched it on there, so I probably won't be picking this one up, um, but I've heard it's good. <laughs> I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Um... 
I'll just point out that we have an arrow released in the form of the El Duce tapes, uh, which has a fascinating cover. I'll give it that much. Uh, yeah. If there I, is no Lucha Libre in this film, I will be very disappointed. I will say I, this may have come out in like a special limited edition thing before because I think it did come out a few months ago. This I'm guessing this is just the standard edition. Um, it is directed by the guy who uh, did the film that I was telling you about, A Glitch in the Matrix, Rodney Asher. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm, I'm a little curious in that regard, and I've I've heard it's a, a pretty good documentary. Um, Connections, revolutions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last thing I'll point out is a a movie that you would never guess what 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 it's in. Uh, what what is in it rather, um, based on the title, uh, Blue Monkey, from 1987. Uh, from Dark Force Entertainment, uh, so you know it's quality. <laughs> uh, the only reason I singled this one out is that I've I've watched a review for it. It's a Canadian uh, sci-fi horror film where the uh, monster uh, featured in the film is like a giant blue cockroach. Never would have guessed, given that the title is Blue Monkey. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jerry O'Connell is apparently in a movie called wetware from 2018 and hey it has that very 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 familiar um, unofficial blu-ray disc uh font so you know it's good <laughs> poor jerry o'connell i like him but so someone someone in hollywood doesn't like him as much as i do put that yeah <laughs> at least he that's must, my guess <laughs> he must have filmed this movie in between the uh times where he was uh guest hosting for uh, wendy williams because I know he did that for a little while. He was pretty good at it. He did a pretty good job. <laughs> I I generally like Jerry O'Connell. And, I do you know, too. Maybe yeah. maybe someday maybe maybe he's holding out hope that they'll make a Stand by Me too or something. <laughs> he needs something. Although I seriously doubt that will be the case. Um, yeah. Given that River Phoenix is no longer with us, Jerry O'Connell is no longer fat, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Corey Feldman would probably show up though. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He did the Lost Boys sequel, um, didn't he? Yeah, he'd be down for that. Yeah, and Kiefer Sutherland too. Like if if he can, you know, lay off the sauce for a minute and not hit any more trees. <laughs> you know, the more we talk about this, uh, the more I think it could actually happen. Now that I'm thinking about it, they'd ha- they'd cast Joaquin in River Phoenix's role. I could see it. Go- I could see this Ooh. happening actually. <laughs> well, no, I, I think the end of that movie they actually. I think the character actually dies too. So oh yeah, actually that does make sense. So you you totally could do Stand by Me too. There you go. It's perfect. Jerry, Jerry get on the phone. Call call your buddies. <laughs> get Richard Dreyfus on the horn. He's not got much time left. <laughs> it's, it's it's Jerry um, O'Connell listening that, to this episode, and it's like that scene in Back to the Future where he's like holds up the phone and he's like, "You gotta listen to this." <laughs> <laughs> So you know that acting gig you've been struggling for? <laughs> well, listen to this, Jerry. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to the next week, being as the rest of that looks like mega crap. So um, February 16th, and uh, you had mentioned this on the Cinema Speak podcast as a potential pickup or maybe just a, a rewatch. Um, so the first release we have for February 16th is Nickelodeon Pictures' Good Burger. Home of the Good Burger from 1997. Yes. When I was younger, I think I may have said at some point uh, that this is the funniest movie of all time. <laughs> when I was much younger, of course. Um, 
yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to revisit this one out of nostalgia. I remember watching uh, the all that TV show, and uh, you know, it, it would take me back. Um, so I, I, I might not list this as a uh, for sure pickup at the end of the episode, but it is one that uh, I, I do have on my radar, and I would like to revisit. Yeah, no, it's, it'd probably be a good nostalgia watch for you. Um, I actually haven't watched it. It came out in 1997, so that was I was 10. So I was old enough to look at things like Good Burger and be like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> I think I was I was too busy rewatching Speed in Terminator mm-hmm. 2 or something. Uh, but I certainly watched a shit ton of all that when I was a kid, probably when this movie came out. Uh, so it's not like I, I was never a kid. Um, but yeah, I never saw this movie. Um, but I do know that there's a funny trivia fact that Abe Vigoda is in there for some reason, <laughs> which is a very curious element to the cast. Um, more than likely, it has it's this. This is me stretching. This is me making broad assumptions. But um, Jesse Ventura famously um, continued to act for a little bit longer than you may have expected um, because he was in need of like healthcare benefits, and so he needed to stay in like the Screen Actors Guild or something. Mm. So you need to like work every year or two or something, uh, otherwise you lose your membership or whatever. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Abe Vigoda was doing something like that. <laughs> He's like, they're gonna cut my healthcare benefits. He's like, what's this movie? Good Burger? <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> I was in the fucking Godfather. <laughs> definitely a possibility. Uh, but yeah, I I don't. Yeah, definitely a possibility. Definitely maybe. Um. I'm not about to watch this today. I think this would be hard for me to digest uh, here and now as a 30-plus-year-old man, but uh, all that for sure. And I can't speak for Kel. Um, All that was special. Kel has... uh, I can't speak for Kel, but Keenan has proven himself a a comic talent. Mm -hmm. His longevity in the craft is admirable. He's still working, still being funny. Uh, Kel, the last time I saw him was like super fucking late at night like probably in like my early college days there was some like breakdance show on like upn or something and it was super late at night and i was just flipping channels and i was like is that fucking kel is he like the host of like this breakdancing show (laughs) and that was the last time i saw him um but yeah definitely not going to be checking this out today but uh beside that we have a uh, DC animated series release of Harley Quinn, the complete uh, first and second season. I've heard good things about that. Uh, not about to watch it, but uh, I've actually heard it's legit good. Um, we have Jetsons the movie from 1990. Now, Baby Doll from 1956. Uh, we have The Net slash The Net 2.0. So that would be the Sandra Bullock headlined The Net, um, immediately following her star-making role in Speed. But... Um, just one the only thing i'll share about the net is that uh seinfeld uh george costanza's father uh to this day i i can i can't stop myself from laughing at this every time i think of it is his his description of of her character um was i was watching this movie with that woman from the bus (laughs) 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 and he's describing the net so he's talking about a movie that was about the dangers of the internet or the the possibilities of the internet and he's like i was watching this movie with that woman from the bus (laughs) (laughs) and like 
<laughs> I, I'm curious if, if how many people actually get that joke. <laughs> because me being obsessed with speed at a certain point in my life, I was like, oh, well, obviously he's talking about Sandra Bullock. But, yeah. but to describe just describe Sandra Bullock is that woman from the bus. <laughs> I got to look up that, that episode because, yeah, that probably went over my head. I probably didn't even connect to the two. That That's, that's great, though. <laughs> If memory serves, it's the episode where Lloyd Braun is working for him in the garage, and they're selling computers, and he's getting oh, yeah. the bell every the time Serenity Now episode yep. gets a sale. Yeah, it's the Serenity Now episode, um, the one where we <laughs> learn the dangers of saying Serenity Now. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Stuck with it. <laughs> and uh, the one that secured that actor is forever just being referred to as Lloyd Braun, regardless of what he does with his career. Um but duh, 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 what else we got, Brad? Um, I'll, I'll point out to Random Acts of Violence from 2019. This is also a Shudder original that um, I believe Jay, is it Baruchel or Baruchel? Um, he he is a writer and director and star of. Uh, it, it, regardless of how you say the guy's name, I generally like him. Um, I really, really, really love Goon. Um, Goon 2, slightly less so, but he also directed that, and it, it is a film. It's a competently made film, so I do have confidence in him. Um, you going to check this one out with your Shudder account, Brad? Oh, maybe. I've been looking to watch something on Shudder, so I didn't just throw away $6 on this month. Um, so I do have to watch something this month, so maybe it'll be this one. Um, I don't know too much of what it's about, though, but uh, I yeah, like you said, I did like... Um, I didn't see Goon 2, but I did like Goon. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of curious to check this one out. Yeah, uh, it, I think it's... Um, I saw a trailer for it, and they, they kind of spelled it out to you, where it's like it's about a horror comic writer or something that's... Um, there's like a copycat killer or something on the loose that's taking inspiration from the comic or something, and maybe even gets like kind of metaphysical in that like maybe they're doing the killings before they do the drawings or something i don't know but Mm. um it looked gory it looks like a interesting slasher movie and i do like him so i i would check this out i'm not gonna blind buy it or anything but um maybe you can watch it and you you can do a micro review on it sometime um if you get to it (laughs) we'll see yeah, it's definitely a we'll see. Uh, I, 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 I'm right there with you. Something about the cover art, it's like, I don't know about this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the lack of buzz also is a bit of a problem. When I, when you haven't heard much about this and you're generally a horror guy that has you know his finger to the pulse, there is a problem. Um, but beside that, we have Mystery Unveiled, uh, the movie that I, I dumped my $12 into that probably should have went to Small Soldiers instead. Uh, Arch Enemy from 2020. Uh, proof positive that if you put purple lighting, angry synth, and a middle-aged actor playing against type um, in the promotion for your film, Trevor will probably be interested. Um, and yeah, they got me. Fuckers. Big as life and twice as ugly on the cover. From the producers of Mandy and Color Out of Space. Did Mm. I not just mention purple, um, middle-aged actors, and angry synth? Did I not say all of those things? All of those things are, in fact, in this film, but it's not good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this movie's not very good. Uh, Not very good at all. Um, It has a couple of interesting editing moments, but like literally a couple <laughs> like like in a 90 minute film like i can count 
like two instances where it it was kind of interesting um, but it's a very confused and sloppy script i don't think they had any real objective or direction in what they were trying to accomplish um, the premise was enough to get me interested and joey manginello or uh, joey abs as i like to call him uh he obviously cared about it for fuck's sake the man shaved i haven't seen this man clean shaven since spider-man wow. <laughs> and he shaved for this film that's that that's commitment <laughs> but yeah it it's not very good uh, unfortunately i i was actually very intrigued by this i caught some early trailers for it a long time ago and uh, maybe i should have rewatched those before i bought it um <laughs> <But, laughs> uh, Beside that, we have The Swordsman, which is a Korean film uh, put out by WellGo because you can't put out a Korean film um, that isn't Criterion-worthy uh, without WellGo being involved. Um, this, uh, I don't know much about this other than, um, funny enough, there's an uh, Indonesian actor who is in this, uh, probably in, in largely a stunt capacity, uh, Joe Taslim, uh, who is going to be portraying Sub-Zero in the upcoming Mortal Kombat film. Um, he kind of cut his teeth on like the raid films and uh if you haven't seen it brad um uh was it the night comes for us um if you're in the mood for a spectacularly gory martial arts film on netflix um yeah that that is a showcase for this man's ability <laughs> i've i've been meaning to check that one out because i know it's been uh I, I don't know if there's any more of a creative like it's not any of the director or producer of the raid at all i, I just know it was compared to the raid is that like it's, there's no like creative behind the scenes connection between the two is there no at uh, the cast um and the choreographer so eco ways mm. is uh, okay is one of the main actors in it he also choreographed the action sequences but the people behind the camera the actual directors i believe it's the timahanto brothers i could be completely butchering that pronunciation but they're they're not uh Garrett or Gareth Edwards or Evans? <laughs> I, I get the Godzilla guy and the Raid guy confused. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's not the same director as the Raid films. Um, they got their they cut their teeth on horror films, and it it shows uh, when when they do action stuff because uh, the gore factor is dialed up to eleven or maybe even twelve. Uh, but the night comes for us um, has has some like kind of like revolutionary uh, act like martial arts sequences um just in terms of like shots and editing and just sheer violence on screen uh, sustained violence it's really remarkable stuff and um made a eternal fan out of uh out of me for like joe taslim uh, i i was impressed with him he's even been in one of the fast and furious movies i was very hyped to see him in that although he didn't have a good dance partner i'm sorry sung kang and uh Tyrese uh, do not a good martial arts sequence make even if Joe Taslim is the one working with them <laughs> um, uh, but yeah uh, he's in this swordsman film uh, they imported him from Indonesia for this Korean film so um, and apparently he uh, it's about sword fighting as far as I know uh, apparently he's he had to learn how to sword fight for the film so it was like the very strange casting where it's like hmm okay, you, you brought him in from a different country, he doesn't speak the language, and the thing you're asking him to do, he doesn't actually have any background with. <laughs> it, it's really fascinating. Like, like it just It's a testament to his ability, because I've seen him do so many different things over the years, where it's like, in interviews, he'll tell you his, his martial arts background is judo, which is basically grappling and throwing. 
he does very little of that in any of his films and it's like it's like how the fuck do you do this he's like oh try hard <laughs> like you know <laughs> get your stretches in eat your spinach <laughs> but um i would watch this swordsman movie um probably in like anticipation of the new mortal Kombat, just to see like how how he does with weapons and shit because i've seen him throw people i've seen him punch people i've seen him kick people i've never seen him slice people before though hmm. <laughs> but uh beside that we have another criterion release uh, something called mandabi um and this is directed by usman sembeni i'm probably butchering that pronunciation but again criterion uh probably worth your time and then we also have a uh, documentary i presume uh, the kid stays in the picture from kino uh, from 2002, and the only reason I'm highlighting this is that, uh, one, I wasn't really aware that uh, there was a documentary for this, and two, uh, Kyle has read the book uh, of the same name, and uh, he's always told me it's a fantastic read, so um, I should probably read the book rather than watch the documentary, but um, definitely an interesting story. It's about a really high-profile producer in Hollywood. Um, do you know anything about this uh, film worker movie, Brad? Oh, it's uh, something with, isn't it the guy who did, uh, played uh, the, the lead in Barry, what's it, Barry Lyndon or whatever? Um, it's about, uh, yeah, Leon, or maybe I'm wrong, Leon Vit- Vitali. Yeah. And uh, something where he stops being an actor to become a director because he's so inspired by Stanley Kubrick. I might be totally butchering what this is about, but that's my... <laughs> my uh because i remember this came out a few years ago and i remember people talking about it um but uh i i I don't remember much besides that i've heard some fairly good things um and uh, i've never seen barry linden if that is what this guy is from um but i do own it and uh, it's just a three hour long movie so it's one i haven't gotten around to (laughs) Yeah, I've got a couple of those staring me down as well. Uh, we, we've all been there, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> such, such is the collecting habit. Um, uh, and now for something completely different. Uh, Fear of Rain from 2021. Um, my my uh, Lionsgate sense um, once again eluded me. Uh, this is a Lionsgate film. Again, I was tripped up by the fact that there are no angry middle-aged men on the cover with handguns. Um, but yeah, this is indeed a Lionsgate film uh, starring... Catherine Heigl? <laughs> um, it's from 2021. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. But beside that, we have probably the most important release of this entire month. The very excellent Mr. Dundee from 2020. Also yes. a Lionsgate film. <laughs> God damn it. They keep tripping me up. They're go- they went funny this month or something. I guess so, yeah. I- I've heard uh, some things about this movie. The very excellent Mr. Dundee uh, I've heard no good things, but what I've heard has definitely made me very curious to check it out if it ever uh, showed up for free streaming anywhere. Um, it sounds like uh, it sounds pretty wild from what I've heard. Um, okay, folks at, folks at home, um, sorry to cut you off, Brad, but no, you're folks good. at home, you, you need to look this <laughs> You need to look this up. <laughs> so we have a Blu-ray cover which is, again, for a Lionsgate film. So we have Paul Hogan, front and center. Um, he has quite a bit of uh, airbrushing and uh, photoshopping around his eyes and uh, his hairline in particular. Um, he has some crow's feet removed, for sure. 
but hovering over either shoulder <laughs> is John Cleese and Chevy Chase. Um, and they do not appear to have been touched up. They both look like total crap, especially Chevy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> and then at, if, if your, your eyes trend upward a little bit, you'll see the cast. So we have John Cleese, Paul Hogan, Chevy Chase. But then we have Wayne Knight and Reginald Vell Johnson. <laughs> what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> well, and, uh, and don't forget Olivia Newton-John, who's there as well. Um, she yes, now yes. I've not seen this, so I, I'm just repeating this secondhand. Um, she shows up in a scene where something there's like a, a Greece reunion. There's a Greece reunion, and Paul Hogan is playing himself in this uh, in this film. So obviously he's a, he's somewhat of a celebrity because he was in the Crocodile Dundee movies, and he's at this Greece reunion with Olivia Newton-John, and you know John Travolta is not showing up. He can't make it or something. And so Paul Hogan is like, oh, well, I'll come out and sing with you, Olivia Newton-John. And I guess he goes out on stage and the crowd loses it. And they start chanting, where's Johnny T? Where's Johnny T? And they, they flip out on him. <laughs> it's uh, it sounds it sounds pretty amazing. I, you know, that that makes me hopeful that John Travolta does show up in there, because I, I know for a fact John Travolta has worked for the Lionsgate company. <laughs> I don't maybe, think he does. I don't think he somebody, does. No, oh, oh, way to break my heart, Brad. But um, <laughs> for for the record, I've never seen Greece, but uh, Xanadu. Uh, if you ever need a pick me up, just put on the soundtrack to Xanadu, or just the title song. Um, fantastic, Olivia Newton-John's wonderful. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, folks at home, you do need to look up the cover art for this because um, it's pretty spectacular, and just you have two of cinema's most like hardest working and best like fat guys <laughs> like Wayne Wayne and Reginald Phil Johnson. <laughs> I didn't know Reginald Phil Johnson was still alive. <laughs> I thought he died. <laughs> He's still going. At least he was still going when they filmed this. Uh, I, is John Cleese still alive? I thought he was dead. Oh, he's still alive. He he actually he's he just got in some hot water in the last couple of months, probably while he was promoting this movie. <laughs> Put his foot well, in his this mouth is the over some uh, some stuff. Oh, I'll have to look that up after we're done. But this is the episode where Trevor presumes everyone's dead. <laughs> it's a simulation. All these people are dead. You can't tell me I'm wrong. It's a Mandela effect. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um scrolling down a bit though we have a bunch of uh, releases and uh, one note folks at home in case this is the first time you've listened to a catching up on blu-ray episode uh, generally we skip over anime releases um, just because there's so goddamn many of them every month uh, there's like a half dozen a week basically and I've been out of the game so long that I, I really have no idea what's worth talking about and what's not. Um, so if I do come across stuff that's worth mentioning, though, um, I will certainly uh, point it out. But uh, scrolling on down, uh, we have Peter Gallagher in The Underneath from 1995. He's a guy that kind of fell off the map. I generally like him. Like, he's a odd actor. He has a... He, he has that look about him where it's like it's hard to put him in a leading man role because he looks too sinister. He has that like Jeff Fahey quality to him where it's yeah. like, you're sleazy. I know you are. Like, you got weird shit going on in your house, but you don't <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> Loved him on the OC, though. Loved him on the OC. 
Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, people probably know him best for that. I never watched that show, but of course I I know the Saturday Night Live meme, and uh, I remember a friend of mine justifying to all the people teasing him in like high school for watching that show obsessively. He's like, you need, like, dude, like they get into fistfights like all the time in the show. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, it is about like a teenager with rage issues, at least in the early seasons, anyway. So mm-hmm. I didn't watch it, but that's all I know about. Um, young man punches people. Peter Gallagher's got bushy eyebrows, and uh, oh, what you say? (laughs) 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 Oh, that you really meant well, but of course you did. Uh, So um, let's skip on down to the following week. Um, So that would be February 23rd, 2021, and uh, our first release is from the Warner Archive Collection, and I think this is a Blu-ray debut. Uh, This would be Pump Up the Volume um, from 1990, starring Christian Slater. And as far as I've been told, this is like one of his best roles. Um, I've never really been a huge fan of Christian Slater, um, but this, this like most people seem to agree, is like one of his really, really good roles. Um, that and like Heather's, as far as mm-hmm. I know. But uh, have you heard much about this one? No, I haven't. Um... It is a, a radio film, and I, I do work in radio, so maybe I should check it out just because of that. Um, but yeah, I don't know too much about it. Um, I didn't know it was, you know, people looked at it favorably, at least in terms of Christian Slater movies. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, no, like he, at one point in his career, was regarded as like a really, kind of like Vince Vaughn, actually. Like early on, he was regarded as like a really promising talent, and then something flipped, and He's never stopped working. Like, I know he, he got, like, a second wind with that Mr. Robot show pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I'll have to look up this one movie that uh, I think I think came out recent enough that Kyle and I talked about it on one of these Catching Up on Blu-ray episodes. But I'll have to find you the cover art for it because it, it, it was one of the most laughable sci-fi movie covers I've seen in quite a long time. And it's mostly just his facial expression. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll send that to you after we're done. Yeah, yeah. But, um, we have a Criterion release for Smooth Talk from 1985. I really love this cover art. It looks hand-painted. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is Treat Williams. Hey, friend of the show. Well, I, I wish. <laughs> I do follow him on the Twitter. He posts a lot of dog photos, and he uh, he seems like a he just seems like the the really cool uncle. Like he has a bomber jacket. He has a motorcycle that he maintains and drives twice a year <laughs> like he he's, seems like good wholesome cool uncle i've always liked treat williams um i didn't know he ever worked with laura dern let alone in a criterion worthy movie i might have to fucking watch this um, yeah i've never heard of yeah, this but cri- it's smooth talk yeah it looks i mean based on the criterion the cover the you know the two of them it definitely piques my interest I want to see this. I'm going to make Kyle watch this because he has a Criterion Network subscription whenever it becomes available there. I'm like, Kyle, smooth talk. Get on it. (laughs) Um, Then we have a 4K release for The Croods, colon, A New Age. I have not seen any of The Croods. I haven't actually watched, like, much children's cinema in recent years uh maybe that'll change if if you know a family starts for me at some point but for now not my problem not my wheelhouse um we have stunning cover art for uh, twice dead which is a shout factory release uh from 1988 uh, probably not a great film but i love the cover uh we have a two-pack 
uh, the Terror Within and the Terror Within 2. Um, also a Shout Factory disc. And I believe uh, both that double feature and Twice Dead are uh, both exclusive to Shout Factory's website. And uh, they did put something on Facebook that said uh, they were, uh, you know, because it was limited to run. And they said, oh, we've only got 100 copies left. And that was a couple days ago. So we might already be too late on this one. I don't know. They might still have some, but, you know, you got to get on it. Oh, shit. See, that's why we have you on the show, Brad. You you got the insider details. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, twi- twice dead. If you really, really want it and it's still available, get on that shit. Yeah, same goes with the Terror Within duology. Uh, and moving right along, uh, we have... I kind of dig the cover art for the Attic Expeditions from 2001. This is a Severin Films disc, so that's a boutique distributor. Um, so it could be interesting. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it's good, but it's probably interesting. And then we have a, a 2021 uh, horror release uh, for Wrong Turn. Uh, is this a remake? Yeah, like a remake, reboot, or however you want to term it. Um, I, I kind of want to check this out. I actually was just curious and I looked up, uh, some reviews of it and it seems like it's actually getting a pretty good reception. Um, I've only ever seen the first wrong turn movie and I've kind of wanted to really dip into it cause it's, it's a weird like uh franchise cause I feel like the first one wasn't even that big, but somehow it spawned like six sequels um and just all just like direct to dvd kind of thing so i i'm kind of curious to go through them all um but i do kind of want to check this one out because i do like you know the premise of the wrong turn movies just a simple sort of like survival backwoods hills have eyes kind of thing um so yeah and you know based on this one getting a pretty good reception i might uh have to check it out and uh, you i guess based on the cover uh, you guys might have to check it out matthew modine's in here look at that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Matthew Modine is popping up all the fucking time lately. Like Does. even I, I I didn't say it because I didn't expect it to be a thing this episode, but um that that Kubrick documentary that you you said you own because it's about Kubrick, Matthew Modine is listed in the cast for that documentary. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Does so he play any sports? Uh, Does he play any sports in wrong turn? <laughs> I I don't know. I mean the the one screen cap that features him and by the way silver fox um he's he's been rocking the white hair for quite a while now and it it, it looks okay on him he, he's oh he he's starting to look like martin cove though a little bit uh the or it i forget if that's his first name or not but basically the the evil coach from a karate kid uh, <laughs> he's starting to look like him a little bit with the wrinkles that he's developed over the years but um, that one screen cap of him, he's he's got a phone in his hand, so maybe he'll like put the phone down, and then there like the camera will pull back, and there's like a wrestling mat in, in the center of the living room. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Okay, son, where were we? <laughs> it's gotta be it's gotta be weird uh, being an actor and like you know having the people like review these Blu-rays and like you know really go into such like detail of looking at like these images so closely. Like just look at this image of Matthew Modine. You can see. He's got five little indents on his upper lip, and it, it almost looks like the the pattern of a golf ball. Um, very, very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. I don't know if that's something that's permanently there, or maybe he got hit by a golf ball in that scene. I don't know. But uh, very interesting. 
Well, that phone call he's making, Brad, is putting in a restraining order for you. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hey, I, like that I, man. I don't even, I'm not even as bad as most people. Most, a lot of people are going into his hair and his, you know, I just, it's, you know, it's worth, it's just interesting how people will like, look at the wrinkles on this actor's face. Look how much detail you can see and you can see all their flaws. <laughs> it's just very interesting. And I love flaws. Yeah. It's, I, I think it looks great. I think those indents look great on his lip. I love it. No, it's it's a the life of a public figure is is probably really really crazy. Like it, mm-hmm. it probably doesn't feel good. And you know we we do an audio only podcast, <laughs> so we we don't have to deal with that. But uh, I don't know. Some someday maybe you'll have people doing that for for every word you say, Brad. Maybe they'll be going over every episode of your podcast with a fine tooth comb, and we'll see <laughs> see how it feels. But. Well, if I can um, look like Matthew Modine at that age, I'll be happy about it. Yeah, same here. <laughs> but uh, genetic dice roll. We'll see how it <laughs> see how it plays out. But um, yeah, Wrong Turn twenty twenty one. I would give this a look. Um, looks like the director also worked on the Domestics from a few years ago. Um, that was a movie that I I didn't expect it to be good, but it was on my radar for a minute. I just forgot about it. So. Um, seems like they're experienced with this kind of stuff so if the if the buzz is good maybe i'll give it a, give it a look uh but moving on we have another criterion release uh, chop shop from 2007 uh directed by ramin barani i'm not familiar with this one either but we also have man push cart from 2005 same director um i have heard some things about this one um i've heard yeah. it's very very good I, I know the title of Man Push Card at the very least. Yeah, no, it's definitely one that I've heard mentioned before. But um, we also have an Arrow release for Shogun's Joy of Torture from 1968. <laughs> we have uh, Chasing Amy on Blu-ray, which uh, is this debuting on Blu-ray? I don't think so. I, I feel like I've seen a few re-releases of this one. Um, so yeah, I don't think this is a debut. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> I was about to say like it, it's curious if that's the case. I mean, ladybugs, but <laughs> we had that earlier this month. But no, this is a re-release. Um, one that I'll point out. I don't have anything to say about the movie, but I will say this much: um, the fear from 1995. This is one of those uh, VHS covers that I remember from my childhood. Um, and the movie didn't look good, but I just remember this image being in mm-hmm. every video store I ever walked through um, for a certain chunk of my life. Um, that's enough to make me kind of want to check it out. It's a vinegar syndrome disc as well, so you know they'll take care of it. Yeah, I, I do. The premise <laughs> is kind of interesting. It's just uh, a weekend group goes to a remote cabin for fear therapy. While each person is working to conquer their worst fears, they all become terrorized by a living monster made of wood which stalks each of them in turn. Kind of kind of an interesting premise, I got to say. Um, but yeah, I haven't yeah, heard it's stri- good. Striking but... cover. Yeah, stri- striking image, interesting premise, vinegar syndrome. You could do a lot worse. Um, <laughs> we have The Adventures of Pippi Longstocking from 1988. Uh, I remember watching this as a kid and thinking it wasn't half bad, although I kind of hated her. Like, she seemed like, I, I don't know, something about her attitude, she was, like, too upbeat, and, like, I th- be- being as I was not a child possessed of a great deal of confidence, I think I was, like, envious or something, <laughs> I was like, why is this girl so upbeat, why is she so capable, <laughs> like, but, um, 
I remember having fun with it as a kid, though. Um, we didn't own it, but they used to play it at, like, a friend's house or something. Um, we have uh, Robert Kirkman's Secret History of Comics. Uh, he's a very prominent comic author, uh, so I'd be interested to see what's in this. Uh, although there's far too many comic book documentaries these days. and some, In fact, some of them are available for free on YouTube. Um, like the the story of image comics i can i can point to that as being one that is worth your time it's a fun story and uh, todd mcfarlane is kind of an asshole and it's fun to listen to him cut wrestling promos in front of the camera (laughs) like like decades after the fact it's 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 fun um uh, we have venus wars from 1989 so this is an anime that i will single out um i've heard this movie's not that great um but uh, much like uh, some of the Gore Verbinski movies we were talking about earlier from a artistic standpoint, um, from a design standpoint, uh, there's there's some lovely art in this film. Uh, just the, the background art and some of the concept art is really cool stuff. And the animation, they certainly spared no expense. Uh, late 80s were really, really big for Japanese animation. This was pretty much on the heels of uh, Akira. Um, but much like that film in terms of like plot and characterization you're kind of left wanting Um, but from just a technical standpoint venus wars has a lot going for it um i I wouldn't pay top dollar uh for this particular like special edition release but i I might rewatch it i I saw it a long time ago um but it's not one i need to own i don't have any emotional attachment to fucking venus wars (laughs) Man, they're really cranking out the uh, Academy Award uh, cover art for all of these movies. <laughs> it's that time of year, man. It's that time of year. Oscar yeah, nominations got... right around the corner. And uh, I reckon we got Snake Blade and Gone Baby Gone and uh, <laughs> English Patient uh, on Blu-ray. Uh, nominated for all their Academy Awards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yep. Uh, yeah, we got all of those re-released on Blu-ray. And then... Uh, Oh, oh, this is one that I, I can say a little something about. Uh, Hakaider uh, from 1995. Uh, full title, Mechanical Violator. <laughs> um, this this movie, uh, I've mentioned this numerous times on these uh, Catching Up on Blu-ray episodes. Uh, this is from a director, a Japanese director, that uh, I have a very special appreciation for. Uh, this is uh, Keita Amemiya. Um, he, his art is fucking amazing holy shit like his his just like uh sumie like like ink drawings and stuff his concept art is so fucking cool like holy shit and he has this thing where a lot of the projects he works on he's worked on video games he's worked on animation um but the majority of the stuff he's directed and like done the concept art for has been live action and everything about his design work makes you think like holy shit that's I don't think you have the money for that, buddy. <laughs> um, but for some reason, he's very, very comfortable working in like low budget live action stuff. And his his like monster designs and like his like uh, the genre is tokusatsu. So like think like uh, Power Rangers like that. That's an example of it. So like uh, superheroes in like big rubbery costumes. And every time they punch each other, sparks fly out and stuff. <laughs> it's like it's that genre of Japanese television. Um his movies are generally in that wheelhouse and just the the art and the costuming the the quality is so far above so many of the other examples of that particular genre and uh hakaider 
is a short film that he directed. It's, I don't even think it's feature length. It's pretty short. Like it's mm. probably like 70 minutes or something, maybe even 65 or something. But um, it's the title character is a villain from a show called Kikaider or Kikaida, uh, which funny enough was like super popular in Hawaii in the 70s, uh, such that uh, a very, very small boutique uh, publisher of DVDs based in Hawaii actually like obtained the rights to print those discs. Um, it's like the only way you can get that in North America. Um, but they took the villain from that show and they made a whole movie around him. And it's it's very similar, similar to like a Terminator 2 or something mixed with Mad Max. And this movie, like the acting performances are all total fucking crap. <laughs> and the action sequences are clumsy at best, but just the costumes and the sets look so fucking cool. <laughs> like this is the kind of stuff that like... Uh, if I had like a, like a child or something, I would make them watch this as an early age, and they would probably think it was the coolest shit ever. <laughs> and you know, then they grow up and they're like, "Oh, it's, it's kind of crap." But <laughs> but um, I really really love this director, and uh, this is an early film of his, and I I own it on DVD, and I think I had it on bootleg VHS for a minute there. Um, but they've slowly been starting to release like his older films as of late, so I might actually pick this up even though i already technically have it mm -hmm. um but popping on down uh what else we got brad anything jumping out at you uh i can mention <clears throat> this was this was a little bit uh a few rows up i'll mention the forgotten gialli volume three from vinegar syndrome which uh I missed out because uh, I'm kind of a Giallo fan, um, and, you know, obviously these are the forgot forgotten Giallo or Gialli, um, so they're probably not very good, but I was kind of curious to pick up the, the first volume because, like, you know, you watch some of those unboxing videos on YouTube, and whoo, it's a good set. It was a good-looking set, and some of the, pre like, the premises of a, a few of them in the first volume actually sounded interesting. Um but I missed out on the first one. It was, you know, limited edition. I think they are putting out a standard edition, or maybe they already have. But, like, you know, I can't just buy two and three. Like, I have to wait until I buy one. Because it's like, I'm not buying these for the actual movie. I'm buying them, you know, for the the, the set. So, uh, maybe when I do buy the first one, I will get the second and the third. But, um, I, you know, worth worth mentioning there. Yeah, no. Um, Jello is one of those subgenres of film that... I, I, I know what it's all about. Um, I can I can hold my own in conversation about it, but I'm full of crap because I, I basically have never watched any of these movies. We've talked about this before. In fact, you gave me like a primer as to like a couple of movies I should use as like a, a launch pad to get into it. But mm -hmm. um, I kind of turned Kyle onto the subgenre uh, such that I got him a documentary that I don't know how widely available it is, but I got him a Blu-ray called uh, All the Colors of Giallo. Mm. which is i think it's actually an italian documentary but it's english subtitled and um i we watched it together and it was it it's illuminating like i i feel i learned quite a bit just from that documentary without ever actually seeing any of these films but um yeah who would respect you if they walked into your home and they saw forgotten jolly volume two and three but not one that would be embarrassing. Anytime I had somebody over, I'd be worried that they, I would get called out for it. So definitely, definitely have to make sure I would get the first one before two and three. Yeah, Forgotten Jolly two and three for you would be uh, the equivalent of your cashmere sweater with the red dot. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back to Seinfeld. Yes, yes, yes. 
Yeah, it's just that one little detail that it should be insignificant, and yet somehow everyone notices it. <laughs> um, but I don't really see anything else, so I think I'm about ready to call it good on February 2021. Uh, I think so. agreement there, yeah. Brad? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say it's oh. a front-loaded month, the first two weeks. Uh, pretty strong. Last two weeks, well, eh, not the best. Yeah, uh, this might be a complete complete shit show for me in terms of like potential purchases and stuff because I, I caught myself saying maybe a lot during this episode um but let's uh let's wrap up with a little review here so um i'm gonna give you some time to collect your thoughts but uh <laughs> i'm just gonna point out any of the releases i think might be purchasable or at the very least rentable so i'm gonna start from the bottom and scroll on up uh like i said hakaider keita amimiya already have it on dvd kind of want the blu-ray anyway um because i really love this guy's work and this movie's kind of special to me i really do like it even though i i can agree it's like objectively bad but it it gives me the childhood feels um like for for just how silly it is but at the same time kind of beautiful from like a design standpoint uh, venus wars not i'm not paying for that special edition poor shit <laughs> like, like i do actually like i'm i am itching to go back and rewatch it for some reason i have a lot of like 80s animation on my mind lately and this definitely would itch that scratch or scratch that itch rather but no <laughs> fuck that noise i'm not i'm not playing a special edition venus wars get out of here <laughs> um uh I, I should see pump up the volume not not paying any I'm not paying a cent to watch it though but I should watch it just to see what good Christian Slater looks like because I, I don't know if I've ever been exposed <laughs> to that he- Heathers has been on the, the potential episode list for catching up on cinema since we started um, so maybe I'll probably end up watching that first um, The Swordsman uh, with Joe Taslim uh, as we inch closer to Mortal Kombat 2021, I might have to watch that because I do want to see what he looks like wielding a sword. Because I do, I do love the way the man moves, but I've never seen him wield a large metal instrument before. <laughs> um, Arch Enemy can already confirm; I already have it, and it's trash. Uh, <laughs> random acts of violence. Uh, I don't have Shutter. You do, though. Um, not pain. Uh, Jay, Jay, I like you. You're a cool kid. Not paying to see your movie. Uh, man, this month sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Blue Monkey. I already seen the YouTube review for it. Already spoiled the the mystery of what the monster is. It's not a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Greenland and Freaky. Uh, those just scream Redbox. Like both of those, it's like Redbox. Why did you not produce these movies? Like these mm-hmm. are these. Instead of Chick Fight, you should be producing Greenland and Freaky. Yeah, <laughs> Less Chick yeah. Fight, more Green Fight. <laughs> um, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> I'm still scrolling up. Mouse Hunt. Maybe Mouse Hunt. <laughs> Mouse Hunt and if Small Soldiers didn't have a busted disc, <laughs> like if the image quality wasn't total crap, it might just be Mouse Hunt. And that's a maybe. Fuck, February 2021 is rough. Boy, this uh, it, it is rough. It is rough. Um, I'm kind of right there with you. I will say 
definitely, like you said, Freaky and Greenland definitely will be watching. Those are rentals. But to commit to my purchases, I will say, um, I mean, maybe I was a little too harsh on Small Soldiers. I, I, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, complete dog shit, but just uh, not a great transfer. Just very mediocre, I'd say. Um, but I probably will pick that up because... It's a film I watched all the time when I was younger, and uh, you know I don't I don't feel like importing anything, so I probably will pick up Small Soldiers and Mouse Hunt. I think will be the two that I am committing to buying next month when we do this uh, recap. If you remember, you can try and you know hold my feet to the fire. Make sure I bought them because um, uh, those are, those are the two definite purchases that I uh, I will commit to. What about Good Burger? Is that one that you would swap in for one of those? I don't know. I can't commit to it. It's 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 a maybe, but I I can't. If I'm gonna say if I'm gonna say I'm gonna buy these, I I, I can't I can't commit to that one. I have to be honest with myself. Okay. Well, I'll I'll try to put in the show notes which ones you picked, Brad, and then you okay, can okay, hold yourself <laughs> to that. But uh, I got bad news for me anyway. Uh, I just googled it out of curiosity. It looks like Mouse Hunt is currently for free on Amazon Prime. So oh. I have no justifiable reason to bring this into my home <laughs> to pay good money for it. I'm, I'm uh, still going to commit. I'm still committing. Know, okay. You're, you're going to hold fast to your word. I appreciate that, Brad. That's a sign of a good man. But uh, yeah, February 2021 sucks <laughs> for movies. Yeah. Uh, rough month. We've definitely. Worse, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully better things await us uh, in March, but um that about does it for our catching up on Blu-ray rundown here. So uh, before we say goodbye, though, Brad, uh, how about you let the folks at home know where they can find you and your podcast? Yeah, uh, well, uh, we are the Cinema Speak podcast is the podcast I host. Uh, you can check us out basically wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Cinema Speak. Uh, it is two words, although you pr- probably would come up for one word, hopefully. But um, Cinema Speak. Um, also, we are on Twitter at The Cinema Speak. On Instagram, Cinema Speak Podcast. Um, and if you just want a web page where you can find us, it's cinemaspeak.libsyn.com. Very nice, Brad. Probably the smoothest yet. <laughs> I'll always have to applaud you for your smooth delivery. Thank you, of thank your you. Plugging information, um, but if you would like to uh, catch up on any of our other catching up on cinema content, um, you can find all of that collected on our website at catching or catching up on cinema dot com. Uh, we also have a couple of social media accounts in the form of an Instagram at catching cinema or at catching up on cinema rather. Oh and boy! Twitter <laughs> at catching cinema. <laughs> Total fucking train wreck here. Um, we also are available on pretty much any podcasting platform you can imagine. So fucking Google it. Get off my back. <laughs> this is why you see, Brad. This is why I praise you because this is what this shit normally sounds like when ordinary people try to plug their podcast. <laughs> so we know who the true professional is on this show <laughs> clearly it is brad from the cinema speak podcast but uh that being said uh thank you brad for joining me uh thank you folks at home for listening and we will catch you next time